Hospital Radio Perth's sports programmes are sponsored by A and B Taxis, keeping Perth moving. Taxis to meet your every need. A and B Taxis, getting Perth from A to B. You can't forget the number. Perth six three four five six seven. The Tuesday Team Talk podcast is brought to you in association with Andy's Man Club and the Chris Mitchell Foundation. Hospital Radio Perth supports the aims of both organisations in helping address issues of mental health and well-being among young men. Hi, Talon Dedicote here, the voice of the National Lottery. I always listen to Tuesday Team Talk. Why? Because they're always talking balls. Tuesday Team Talk. What do they know? Hee-haw, that's what. I love it. Hi, I'm Stevie May. Like me, you're listening to Tuesday Team Talk on Hospital Radio Perth. Indeed you are. Good evening. Welcome along to Tuesday Team Talk for the 1st of November. How can it be that time already? But it is. So good evening. I'm Fraser Lindsay, your host for the programme tonight. As ever, I'm joined by my esteemed colleague from the journalism world. It's Mr. Jim Masson. Good evening, Jim. Good evening, all. And you've brought a special guest for us along. I've brought Brian Cooper. We will talk all things Italian football, in particular Parma Football Club and his friendship with Parma football players who include some well-known names. So there you go. And we're joined by Peter Hay. Good evening, Peter. Good evening, Fraser. I hesitate to uh, say that you're the ham in this Parma sandwich, but uh, <laughs> uh, I'll leave it at that, I think. His team weren't hams on Saturday. They won very well, so he's a happy lad. He is, he it was, is. It was a great weekend for me for football. Yeah, we but noticed... Falkirk won 3-1 and Newcastle won 4-0, so hey, we can't not- get better than that. We noticed you weren't here the, uh, the previous weekend. I was otherwise engaged. Ah, yes. And nothing to do with Kelty Hearts. No. (laughs) (laughs) But hey, great weekend for you as well, Peter. Saints and Brighton. Saints, a brilliant brilliant performance from Brighton. Absolutely superb. First win um, under the new manager since Graham Potter uh, departed. Graham Potter had not lost a game with Chelsea since he departed until he reappeared at the Amex. So uh, all is uh, fair in love and war, I think. I guess we'll cover all things English football later on in the programme. The, the Amex size store, remember, it's the Goldstone ground. Yeah, well, it, it's a quite a long way from the Goldstone. It's is about it, six uh, miles from the Goldstone yeah. ground. Um, the Goldstone ground is now a, a B&Q store. Is it? Okay, and it's in Hove, isn't it? Uh, and it was in Hove. This one is in, uh, the new ground is actually in Falmer. Mm-hmm. by uh, the university, in fact. Um, and it's one of the few grounds in the country where public transport is uh, positively encouraged. Mm-hmm. And if you get a train from London to the ground, you get uh, a free ticket. It's Think- included in your match day ticket. All oh, right, OK. Um, so uh, that's fantastic until the trains go on strike. <laughs> <laughs> then there's a problem. <laughs> but we ought to talk about Saints because uh, that's that's why we're all here. Well, it's why the three of us are here. So, yes, Saturday, the, the first day of a new beginning, the first appearance of VAR at McDermott Park. How was it, Peter? Uh, frankly, uh, confusing. Um, the, <laughs> there were a couple of instances. Uh, the referee, Mr Napier... Um, frankly didn't cover himself in glory I don't know what you thought Jim Um, it struck me towards the end of the game particularly after that rather baffling um, episode with James Brown that uh, he actually lost the game a bit yeah um, the Brown tackle happened right in front of me so I said right away that's a yellow it's not a red Mm. 
So when he went to review it, I, I thought it would get overturned mm. from his red to yellow. But he took four minutes to make the decision. Now, was he just seeing it from one angle or was he seeing it from various angles? I, from various angles, I don't know. But it took an awful mm. long time. Didn't it? Um, the one where the killer goal was chalked off, I actually thought it was a foul on Remy Matthews. Turned out it was yes. a foul on Stevie May. <laughs> and I did see it and it was a soft foul, but it was a foul. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, so it worked in our favour. Um, but, it, you know, when you get to the situation where by the referee's taking four minutes to make up his yeah. mind, whether it's a booking there or a red. It's, it's, it's um, I think Derek uh, McInnes said when you're taking four minutes to, mm-hmm. to decide, it's it's obviously not clear, no. neither clear no. nor obvious. Now, I thought it was more or less where, I mean, I sit kind of across and, and, and down a little bit from you. Um, I thought it, it's, it was never red. Mm-hmm. At the very worst, it was orange, mm-hmm. um, but yellow seemed to be yeah. about right. And and we kind of guessed that when the referee was called over to the uh, to review it, that it would be um, overturned. However, I have to say that uh, you know the fact that Saints do not have a big screen, so there is no information mm-hmm. to the crowd. Uh, the tannoy system is notoriously bad in the east stand. East stand. Um, it's almost unintelligible. Um, they could have been, but apparently weren't, uh, giving out any information of the tannoy because the tannoy link to the VAR didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was no information being given out at all. Um, so we were kind of left assuming we knew what was going mm-hmm. on. We knew what pretty much what was happening I had no idea I like you I thought the Killy goal was chalked off for a, a, a foul on Remy Matthews mm-hmm. um, because I was looking there not at mm-hmm. Stevie May mm-hmm. um, so yeah all fair play to the ref he, he did overturn it but it, and and it did strike me as I say towards the end of the game um, the referee kind of lost the plot a bit and he started booking players willy-nilly um the one that baffled me entirely was the booking for melka halberg for being pushed into the the advertising hoarding seemed a bizarre decision st johnson picked up five bookings on saturday yeah and they're picking up a lot of bookings that's one thing they're going to have to watch Mm. Mm. must be a few close to suspension now jim yeah i would imagine there will be um it's not what you want we've got a strong squad but you want to get the Mm. you know i i you know, you want to get continuity of team selection, and that might what affect that. What we haven't mentioned, of course, at the, uh, is Stevie May, who was mm-hmm. magnificent on, I th- I on thought uh, Saturday. His best game in a St. Johnson yeah. top. You were mentioning that just before we came on air, John, that Stevie mm-hmm. May has been a new man this season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he is basically, and since Nicky Clark's come to the club, yeah. I thought yeah. Nicky had one of his quieter games, but Stevie May was a man, he was just up and down the park, he was all over the place. And, and the goal he scored. Yeah, and it's, um, it's his goal. I mean, I, I'm I not buying the such Brian, were you, you were at the game? At the game, yeah. yeah. Um, his goal for you? Yeah, it was a goal. It wasn't until half-time, I went and got a coffee just before half-time, and... It came up on the, the TV own goal. I didn't know. Was it, I thought it was a Stevie May goal from. I, I was. I was exactly the same. I went to speak to Jim at half time, and uh, and Jim said, uh, "You know that wasn't um, a Stevie May goal." Uh, no. <laughs> I, I, I gave it to Stevie May. Ah. I mean, okay, was it going? To, it might not have been, but I mean, it's uh, no. I gave it he to Stevie it, May. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and the and the thing is, without him, 
it wouldn't have been a goal. So no, it's no. a goal. I also going back to the VAR thing. If the ref, if VAR wasn't there, the game would have probably ended up one each, yes. and we'd have ended up with ten men. So you know. yes, and last Friday or the previous Friday, the Hibs game, we probably would have ended up one one as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so you know, VAR has done us. I'm not going to say favours. But it has got mm-hmm. um, more points than we perhaps would have had without it. Mm-hmm. So Stevie made a man of the match again, was he? And my man of the match, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Although Remy Matthews mm-hmm. made it into the SPFL team of the team week. Team of the week, yeah. yeah. He's done very well for himself. There were two. Said. Actually, there was there was one absolutely magnificent save, save on when the he, header. Yeah, yeah, when he dived to his mm-hmm. left. I think. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. threw himself, uh, tipped ab- it around. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. And there was another one when he got a fairly dodgy pass back, and he kind of dived along the ground yeah. to yeah. push it away from the the onrushing yeah. um, man. I, I have. I, I mean, I don't know what you two guys thought, but um, it struck me that um, had. Kilmarnock had, for instance, Kyle Lafferty, who's banned, or Christian Doidge on the park to give them a focus. I'm not sure the result would have stayed as it yeah, as it but, did. But it's all full of ifs and buts and maybes. I mean, if we mm. if we had David Wotherspoon last season, we wouldn't have ended up in the playoffs. You know, you know. I mean, that's. Yeah. I, I mean, that's what having a squad is all about. Mm. Um, getting back to Remy Matthews, say from the pass back, I just don't know what Alec Mitchell was actually <laughs> trying to do. Um, and, and he's been magnificent yeah, this season has. as well. So yeah. it, uh, you know, you can accept a mistake from him. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's football's full of ifs and buts and maybe's, and that's what a squad's all about. Mm. Um, you know, but one yeah, thing yeah. St. Johnson did was the boy Armstrong was caused them problems. They made him play in areas where he wasn't going to hurt them. Yes. Yeah, and the the laddie on the other wing, Jordan Jones, got Jordan taken Jones, off who actually got yeah. taken off. Um, yeah, they 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 controlled them very ca- yeah. carefully and cleverly. Yeah. Um, I'm just not convinced by um, McEnroy and uh, no, Mackenzie and um, the other laddie who was up front. And uh, Ennis Cameron. Ka- was yeah, it? Yeah, Is that yeah. who it was? But I thought you mentioned McEnroy there. I thought he was one of their better players, yes, Kerr McEnroy. I thought he was yes. excellent. Ex-Celtic and Dunbarman. Um, and, and actually, the, um, after he got over his, mis- uh, his own goal, which I suppose we have to allow him, uh, <laughs> allow him it, I thought Ash Taylor had a pretty good game too. But, um, yeah, but it was, it was a wee bit hairy at times when we got mm. there and... Um, you know, it was uh, six minutes of stoppage time, but we're going to have to get used to that because that's going to happen in lots of games so far, especially mm. when the referee's taking four minutes to make up his mind. But um, so sure. that's going to become a feature. So the ref was generous to you then only played in six minutes. Then if you had four minutes to start for VAR for the oh. the red card, it should have been about 15. <laughs> yeah. So where, where where were you sitting, Brian? Were you, uh, in, I was in the main stand. You're in the main stand. Yeah, so, so you get a slightly different... Um, perspective on it than than Jim yeah, and I do. I never seen how no the tackle with James. No, mm. just I couldn't see. Obviously, we just it was. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I have to be honest and say I I, I watched sports scene, um, and I watched the uh, debacle that uh, um, that t- Tony Watt faced, um, and uh, the referee let that one go. To be honest, I thought Browns was probably harder than that. Yeah, the, the, and Tony Watt got sent off. I don't think Watts was a sending off either. No, I don't think it was. Um, and I cannot understand quite why the VAR ref thought it was. 
bizarre, bizarre <laughs> indeed. Yeah. Well, good for Saints to get Graham Carey back. Yes. Yeah, and I thought he played well. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the thing is, can you play Carey and Motherspin in the same team? Well, and remember, you've got Jamie Murphy coming back and yeah, you yeah. know various others. Um, we have got a bit of an embarrassment of riches. Yeah, we've got to make it count, though. And that's we've got Cammy McPherson, we've got yeah. Ali Crawford, Crawford yeah. all in, in that, uh, and Murray Davidson, Murray all Davidson, looking yeah. to kind of... Yeah. Um, I thought Weatherspoon, I was speaking to Weatherspoon before I was getting a, a top signed in a poster... Uh, he th- I thought he was he was going to be starting the game after the Hips game. Yeah, I thought he probably would uh, too. And it was quite a shock when he didn't. Mm-hmm. But then when he came on, the touches he had yeah. for that playing that ball down the wing mm-hmm. for crossing into May headed it and just wide of the goal. Yes, which is unlucky. It was that a was really a, good move. That move. was a really good mm-hmm. move. Yeah, yeah, so, you're right. Yeah. Um, he keeps I mean, things simple. Spoon. Fingers yeah. crossed for him. Um, yeah. And the Canada squad. He's oh, got. World, he's yeah, got kept what, that open, three yeah. games. Um, to prove himself. Yeah, yeah, good player. And I hope he does it. I really do. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be tight though. Um, but it's the same for Ryan McGowan with mm. the Australia squad, and also for Danny Phillips with Trinidad and Tobago. Yeah, I mean uh, Ryan McGowan has actually done it before. He's yeah. been to a World Cup, yeah. I believe. Yeah, um, Brazil. With us, with uh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan Phillips. Um, I don't know whether his place at Trinidad and Tobago will be kept open for him, will it? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know what their situation is. I don't know. I don't know. And I don't know when they're next because I don't. they haven't qualified for the World Cup as far as I know. Uh, you could be right. Um, um, I lost interest after Scotland got knocked out. So, <laughs> so uh, uh, about a year ago then. <laughs> What's happened to Dan Phillips these days? Not In, seen injured. Seen him injured. Well, no. Well, no? On, on, on Saturday, he warmed up for a good 20, 25 minutes. Mm. Did he? I think so. I think okay. that was him. You know, right. maybe I'm wrong. I mean, it's. Uh, uh, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, he took. He got an injury. I don't know what the the result. I may be wrong uh, on that. But was but I, he, he? Yeah, he he probably is fit, um, and read, ready to come back. The problem is, where do you fit him mm-hmm. in? Also, the the guy is it Booth. Oh yeah, Callum, Callum Booth has oh, got to come in at left back. Yeah, I like yeah. him. Yeah, and, and Tony Gallagher as well. Uh, there's Tony Gallagher and, and of course there's John Mann who's not getting the game that's right, that's right, that's right. somebody put on something some media about that eh? why is he not no <laughs> can't play everybody well and that's the problem I mean you know we have got as I said uh, at one point we've got an embarrassment of riches um, and, and we we probably have now almost two full first teams mm. yeah which I think you kind of need I mean mm. I think we're looking up towards this um this winter shutdown, but after that, games come thick and fast. And of course, there's the Scottish Cup, which we hope to be heavily involved in. You know, so I mean, you're going to need a squad. You know, yeah. there's no question about that. And some of our players are on the wrong side of thirty; they might not play every single game this season. You know, so we're going to need a squad. Yep. So we'll look ahead to the weekend's action against Rangers and look back on the rest of the weekend's action after we hear from the two managers. First up, the losing manager Derek McInnes. I think the performance merited getting something for the game. I thought um, we have to come from behind. I think St Johnson, when you come here as an away team, we want to make sure you you um, impose yourselves on the game. Um, we lose such a scabby goal. I mean, we're only really at fault for maybe allowing Stevie May to face us up in the box and maybe not dealing with a second ball at the edge of our box better, um, anticipating it, but. 
I mean he shoots and it's going across goal, it's not even going to Wars goal and it's hit the inside the Ashes ankle and it's trundled away just and it's such a scruffy goal and it's really harsh on us that to be honest um, but if you're going to lose a goal um, it's better to lose it in the early on in the game, it gives you every chance to get back into it um, I thought St Johnson's shape going with a flat three in midfield and a two up was a bit different to what they normally do and I just felt we needed an extra midfielder on the pitch and um, Liam Donnelly coming on, I thought we were instantly better, I thought we were decent first half, I thought we finished the game stronger than them um, and I thought second half we were a far better team, um, St Johnson have clearly got something to hold on to and we've got a counter attacking threat and when Cal brings on big Theo Bear and we Conor McLennan who have got pasty burn then you're always wary of that but I think by and large we um, we had a lot of territory a lot of penalty box action and a lot of incidents and none more so than the goal that was chopped off we're, um, we're really disappointed um, I, there's no foul on the goalkeeper which has been suggested and there was certainly if there's any foul on Stevie May the contact's minimal he throws himself down the ball's about 10-12 feet above him the keeper should punch it I think in my opinion and he tries to catch it spills it and Donnelly puts it in and I, I think the goal should stand, having watched it again. I don't think there's enough there um, for that to be a free kick. Um, what I'm aggrieved about is, is also the, the red card incident or the non-red card. I'm not here to want players sent off. Um, and having watched it again, I do think it potentially could be a yellow and it could be a red. It's the referee's interpretation. But it's on, yeah. What? It's Liam Donnelly. So for, you know, for the referee to take just shy of four minutes to come to the decision. That would suggest it's no a clear and obvious error, and that, that's what we were told, that VAR would only get involved, the referee would referee the game as normal, and would only get involved if there was a clear and obvious error by the referee. Now, in defence of the referee, he, I'm standing 10 feet from him as he's looking at the monitor. He's been given the same angle for the first three and a half minutes. So, all this, um, you'll get different angles to look at it and all the rest of it. You get the same angle to look at time and time again. Now, the fact that he had to keep looking at it, you know, whether he's looked for reasons that he got it wrong because that's what's in his ear, or if he's looking for reasons to justify it, I still don't think it's a clear and obvious error. He deemed it a red card, and I think if you were, if VAR wasn't here, you would maybe say it was a bit harsh or it could have been a red card. Um, the other side of it is it took shy of four minutes, just shy of four minutes that whole instant. We're almost another minute with the disallowed goal, which takes you to five minutes. Eight subs. We had eight subs and the physio on twice. So for us only have six minutes of injury time when we're told at the referee meeting at the start, well they will try and endeavour to get to the right decision in the quick in the quickest um, time possible. That any time, any delay would always subsequently be added on. We get neither. We, get, we never get got that. We didn't get the luxury of the, of the time that should have been there. And I'm not saying we would have scored in that time, but we certainly should have been given the opportunity. Did you manage to speak to the referee? I did. And you know what? In fairness, to, I just as I said, I think it was so harsh on him to see the same incident time and time again. I don't know what's going on there. Um, and I think obviously once Far gets involved, he's got to get involved in that. And um, it's, um, he's obviously came to the conclusion. I think he's wrong, but. Um, I, I do have some sympathy for him in the fact that um, I don't think there's a foul uh, in, the, in the first place for the goal. Um, and if Barr wants him to, if they think that there is a foul on that, um, I don't know. The, the other thing is, he doesn't whistle. He doesn't whistle until the ball's in the net. So if there's a foul on Stevie May, then whistle. If there's a foul on the goalkeeper, the keeper just needs to be stronger. It's no a foul.
probably that hand to take off the last week with a few blue early and get criticised for that as well. Maybe, maybe. So, still stand up for him. You're on the break, you know, trying to expose the space. Uh, I thought at times we did it, did it okay in the first half. Uh, got the goal, obviously, it was a, against Stevie May. I thought the shift he put in was incredible. So, again, I think first half, the pleasing thing for me was that. We didn't play particularly well. We've come away with three points again. That's two games where I think we can, there's a lot more in the team. Uh, but again, to come away with six points, uh, I'm really happy. Yeah, it's first, first back-to-back wins and obviously moving up the table. Yeah, I think the table's going to be really tight. I think uh, a couple of games ago we're pointing off the bottom. You know, so it's going to be like all season. I say it all along. There'll be, there'll be sort of highs and lows uh, throughout the season. Uh, for me, I think we can do a lot better. I think we can be better as a team, as a group. But again, the uh, most important thing is bring up three points on Saturday. The first big VAR moment involving your team, you'll be thinking they came to the right decision in the end with the sending off. Well, that's why VAR's there. You know, so that's why VAR's there. I've not looked at it. You know, I thought he got the, a decision last week at Hibs where he gave a penalty for Hibs, but it was offside. So again, for me, uh, I think we've had some sort of, how I say, unfair decisions uh, before this. Uh, VAR's in to, to create the right decision, get the right decisions. Obviously, sometimes it takes a little bit, a little bit of time. Uh, but again, uh, for me. I'm happy that it came to the right decision. Should it take four minutes, or should it? Should it take four minutes? Was it four minutes? Aye. So yeah, listen, that's what what we we said. You know, a lot about teething problems. You know, the the referees are going to get better. It's difficult for them. It's a new thing for them. They're under a lot of pressure from everybody. So I think they'll they'll get quicker. They'll get better. Uh, They'll be more confident in making their decisions. So you know, uh, at least at least the right decision was uh, came to fruition today. Continues. Yeah, I, I thought he was, he was outstanding. You know, I thought uh, uh, you know the, the, the two of them today. I thought uh, Mays was the one that gave me the energy, the enthusiasm. And, you know, great for him to get a goal again. Uh, I thought he, he was the one that was getting us up and creating his chances. Uh, I thought Colin McLaren was really good when he came on, and so was David Willerspin. So and Theo actually uh, when he came on. So you know, it's a lot of positives up there on that end. I think there's other things we can get better at. But Stevie's, if he continues this form, you know, uh, I'll be absolutely delighted. Use your heart and your mouth for the. The one that they had disallowed. Aye, but again, it was, again, I thought it was a foul, but that's that's what I thought initially. But uh, again, VAR got the right decision. Thanks, Carl. Cheers. There we have it. The winning manager, Callum Davidson, and a very happy man he was. And. Well, it sounds as though he got one up on uh, Derek McKinnon's here. Peter saying Dell admitting he had to make a change at half time because his Saints tactics surprised him. Uh, yeah, that's right. Um, Derek, uh, Derek's assessment. I'm, to be honest, I, I, I think he's wrong over the uh, over the disallowed goal. Um, it looked to me as though Stevie May had two hands in his back. Um, and if you have two hands pushing you, the chances are you are going to go fall over, um, particularly if you're kind of looking an unbalanced anyway. Um, I have a bit more sympathy with him over the James Brown one. Um, yeah, Saints got their tactics right. Having said that, uh, Kilmarnock, I think, probably did on possession and uh, everything else, probably deserved something out of the game. Um, yeah. I, we weren't that good. The, the problem I think St Johnston had and they've been doing it for a few times this season is playing well in spells and then dropping out of the game yeah. um, you know and, and I felt that was a problem for them but I thought Kilmarnock deserved a point to be honest yeah, yeah I think so um, you know but having said that it was an important game for St Johnston to win and we got the three points and you know we move on yeah absolutely 
one word to Sunday, which we'll come to in a little while. But it is part of the programme. Jim, I'll hand it over to you to, to tonight's feature interview, please. Well, we have Brian Cooper with us uh, tonight. Brian's a Perth boy, um, but has a love of St Johnston and has a love of Italian football, hence the reason he's wearing a Parma top and Parma shorts today. So <laughs> Parma, of course, in Serie B at the moment, but they are a very, very well-known Italian side, done well in Europe. And uh, I'm going to ask Brian a few bits and pieces about his love of Parma and Italy. So um, so the love of Parma, Brian, how did that all start? Um, well, basically, Jim, it started when I was about four year old. Um, I went to the same nursery as Marco Del Pippo and his his uh, family owned the Quality Cafe in mm-hmm. Merton Street in Perth. And we went to nursery together at four year old and we just uh, become friends at nursery and um, just grew up um, playing together. I used to go to his family's house and then go to the cafe sometimes for ice cream or whatever. And his mum and dad used to the Italian food and you no, know, just really hospitable and just like really good, uh, just a really good close family. And yeah, so that's my sort of introduction to to Italy. And it was Marco's uh, mother who. Was just, she stays just outside Parma in a wee village called Borgotaro, uh, and yeah, so she was from there. So, yeah, that's the sort of the, the connection with the uh, Parma football team. But it wasn't till later in the nineties that um, that I sort of really got into supporting them when I seen them first at um, at Wembley ninety two ninety three in the Cup Winners Cup against Antwerp, and they won three one. Uh, and just their team and the, the attack and the fullbacks, um, Ben Arrivo and Di Chiara and Melly up front with uh, Brolin and Asprilla, no, just yeah, some good, some good players um, that just got me. Just I just decided just to start following them. And, and that has occasioned you to go over to Italy and watch games. Yeah, um, lucky enough when I was. When I got older, obviously, in the Quality Cafe, I'd become friends with some of, there was um, two or three Italians that came over and they worked in the Quality Cafe uh, and, I be- and I'd become friends with them. And then because I'd become friends with them, I kept in touch. So when I went over to Italy, first time in Italy, in Milan, down to Parma, I, c- I connected with them and, yeah, they sort of kept me right. At least I knew somebody in, in Parma and in Milan so they, yeah, they kept me right about you know travelling and other things. So I just be yeah friends through that way. And big memories of following Parma. Big memories of following Parma. So many, because um, I've been yeah um, yeah the games yeah um, I'm trying to think now. I've been to a few games. Big memories is Parma was my first time at Ibrox actually. I went to see them at Ibrox in '98 when they played in the the Champions League against Rangers. Over the two legs, Rangers won that one, but '99 um, Parma won the second leg over in in Italy, and they progressed on to winning the the Europa Trophy in Moscow against Marseille. So those two games at Ibrox—that's the first time I've ever been to Ibrox—and it was like 49,000 Rangers fans, and there was like 500, four, 500 Parma fans in the in the week on. And is it Broomfield? Is it Broomfield? Broomlone Stand. Broomlone Stand, yeah. And one, no, just like, and just the week before, one of the memories is there's like all the Parma fans were shouting like, 
give me five, give me five, because the week before, Celtic had just beat Rangers 5-0, five, five <laughs> so it's quite really, <laughs> it's just totally, and all the, the Rangers fans, we're getting good banter between them both, to be honest with you, but yeah, that's the first sort of, one of the, the biggest sort of games that I, with Parma supporters there, anyway, 49,000, just the Rangers and the Parma fans, but that was one, and yeah, in Parma, yeah, I've been to a couple of really good uh, um, AC Milan game, uh, even though we got beat 3-2 uh, it was just a brilliant game and Seedorf scored a free kick from about 30 yards in the oh. top corner and just yeah they had Seedorf and had Maldini playing for them that back in the 90s and yeah um, but yeah there's been there's been a few games and recently the probably the one um, two or three years ago when we won um, no a few years ago just uh, we won is it 3 or 4 1 and we had Giuseppe Rossi playing for us he eventually went to Villarreal and other t- in Florence, I think, Fiorentina. So he scored a couple of goals, and yeah, there's been quite a few. I've not been to many defeats in the Tardini Stadium. I've been quite fortunate. There's been a couple of defeats in the sort of 10, 12 games I've been, but yeah, most of the time it's been victories I've seen in the Tardini. No. <laughs> can so. I can I ask you, Brian? Uh, you you mentioned uh, uh, Berlin there and Seydorf. I mean, amazing players. Yeah. Who would be your kind of pick of the of the Palmer players oh, of the last thirty years? Right. Probably the person that I've got in the back here, Zola, one of them. Oh wow. He's just <laughs> he was just yeah him just different class, but probably um, the standout player, and I'm still f- I'm obviously friends with him is uh, Lucarelli, Alessandro Lucarelli. He when Parma went down to when the financial wise he, he, he was like 37 and um, they got put down to Serie D because of financial wise and everything so he made a pledge that he's going to get Parma back up to Serie A again so they went down to the bottom league D they won D, C Serie B and he brought him on his, he was 41 and he retired, he was a central defender <laughs> he was 41 when he came back to Serie A with Parma and to me, he was 2008 to 2018, 10 years with Parma, and that's what he pledged when he said, he just he said that he was going to do this with the Parma football team, and he done it. And that loyalty, I love loyal players mm-hmm. like that. It's like mm-hmm. it's like um, the Saints players, like um, like like Ando and Murray Davison and that. No, that was just I like loyalty to a, f- a football team. And Alessandro Mel, uh, Alessandro Lucarelli is probably one of the most, yeah. Um, loyal and just a great player as well person as well, I know him really well mm. he's a really good friend and yeah, I meet him, I went even two, a couple of years ago I went down to Burnley they played Burnley in a friendly and um, I mean uh, Burnley won I think 2 or 3 nil, but the, it was just Parma's first pre-season and Lucarelli came over to us there was about maybe two or 300 Parma fans and that's the first time I've been to Turf Moor I've never been to so, and he came over and seen the fans and he signed the, signed my flag and everything and it's just like yeah just amazing brilliant yeah so yeah. we've had a, we've had a few, we've had we're quite lucky we've had a few good players Crespo and uh, playing yeah and Asprilla and we've, well, we've had lots of Buffon mm. Buffon Cannavaro and Turam that was just sort of I never really met any of them wow. I'm hoping to meet yeah, Buffon yeah. next year I'm going to the last game of the last home game of the season this year uh, this season and I'm going to try and really Real, uh, last year because of COVID I couldn't meet Buffon at the training ground because there was a lot of restrictions on the training ground mm. so hopefully 
this year I've got my I've got all everything booked and everything, flights and everything. So it's just a case of Brilliant. meeting up with the look at it at the training ground and mm. meeting. That's my sort of Buffon. Just I've never met him, um, so hopefully I can meet Buffon. Yeah, and that he be, must be getting close to retirement. He is. He's he's actually forty two. And, he? he's, and he signed is another. He? He's just signed last year another two years for Parma. Stay with wow. because he because he he was seventeen year old when he started with Parma. He started with Parma at seventeen year old. First game in the San Siro, he got thrown in. Uh, Lucha, uh, Luca Bucci got injured just before the game in the San Siro. Seventeen year old, and they drew nil nil. He kept a clean sheet on his first game. So uh, that and that was the start of it. <laughs> and then he just progressed through. Yeah, Parma, and then obviously left to go to to Juventus, won the Champions League and other cups, and then for some reason, well, he must have loved the, of his first team. He came back, and he's yeah, he wants Brilliant. to end his career in Parma, which is another loyalty thing. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I just yeah. I love, I love, like I say, yeah. So hopefully, next uh, May when I go over to Italy for the last ga- home, it's the last game of the season. Uh, they just moved, they won on Saturday, one nil. So they moved up to fourth equal. It's quite tight though. There's about six or seven teams, okay. and there's only about four or five points between these teams. So, oh, so they could still go. They up. could still go up. So I'm hoping when mm. I go over, it could be a interesting end of season. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. And with your connections, is there any chance that you could encourage them to come to McDermott Park? There probably is. Somebody said that because they said when obviously when Parma was a few years ago in. In the top six, they were playing in Europe, and they were, and Saints were playing in Europe. I was thinking, what if? So no, <laughs> what would you do? I said, I have to get a top that know the half and half. Half and half. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, because my, I'm, I probably yeah, um, because I just yeah, um, it'd be a difficult one. But I've always said that I'd like to, I would love to if we could arrange no for a friend if I could. I mean, I knew, I know, oh, obviously, no Lucarelli. He's of the, he's actually one of the players, but he's actually one of the. The, he looks after the players, if you know. What I mean, mm. that type of coach with the players and stuff, and it would be amazing for. I mean, to get them for a friendly. I never, yeah, yeah. It's interesting um, with regard to tie-ups between teams because St Johnson have just signed a deal, a tie-up with the Spanish side Hercules, and also I don't know if, if you you guys are aware, but Eskisaspor, uh, a Turkish side we played in yes. Europe about ten years ago, yeah. they're in very serious financial yeah. trouble. Yeah. The F- um, FCU, yeah, um, were uh, displaying no, sorry, rather nice. Um, the, uh, may the star of Anatolia Anato- stay. St- yeah, blooming or something. There, there, there was a there was, was a, a support for Eskisha mm. Sport at the ground last last Saturday. So St Johnson, not a team averse to having links with uh, teams from continental Europe. Um, one thing I was going to ask you, Brian, was uh, Parma vying for promotion. Who are the rivals to them at the moment to get up into Serie A? Um, oh, I'm trying to remember who's in the top. I think there's. I'm trying to remember now who's in the top three or four. It's because it keeps on changing, Jim. And I just, I mean, I just look at where Parma are, and they were, sure. they, and they've only won their last two or three games, which has moved them to fourth equal. <laughs> so they're only, I think, four or five points off the top. Um, and I'm just trying to think. I mean, the, one of the um, rivals is like Perth and is like Saints and Dundee is the Parma v. Uh, Regina is a sort of local mm-hmm. derby which they managed to win but yeah I think there's, there's um, yeah it's ha- um, yeah. And what are their crowds like? The crowds are good actually considering the club where they are and 
the stadium is only it's about a 20 25,000 stadium and they get behind the goal where the Parma Ultras are and and most of the the, the main stand you're talking maybe 12 to 15,000 yeah um, which is quite good for Serie B mm-hmm. if you know what I mean mm-hmm. yeah but um, but yeah, well, I've I've just had a look at the table actually. The at the top, or at the top when this was printed, yeah. was a ba- a team I have never heard of, <laughs> uh, Frosinone. Oh yeah, Frosinone. No, no, right. Okay. Um, and then Genoa are up there. Genoa, obviously, yeah. Uh, Regina, yeah. Um, Bari, Bari, yeah. They're all sort of around about mm-hmm. the same, um, same level. So, so basically, yeah. anyway, teams in Serie B. You know, used to be in used to be in Serie A. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. seemed to be quite. Palermo a lot. just got Palermo. Just, Palermo just Perugia. They just got relegated Venezia. last season. Oh, okay. Calgary, you know all teams. Calgary as well, yeah, because that was Zola's. He actually Zola actually went back. That was his first team, mm. and he actually went back to that last team a few years ago and retired, just of or because of loyalty, no, for his first team. But we've actually got a good young keeper in this now. I don't want to tempt fate, but. Um, Parma's got a, a local Parma boy, uh, uh, Corvey his name is, 20 year old and he's used sparingly and he's played three games in the last five or six games and he's yet to concede a goal. Mm-hmm. So oh, wow. it's really, no, looks, so I'm hoping that he's, no, 20 year old and he's a Parma, he's from, he lives in Parma, mm-hmm. local mm-hmm. boy and yes, yeah, he's three games he's so far, have, he's had three clean sheets, so yeah. So judging by Corvi and uh, Buffon, Parma not uh, against blooding very young players. Yeah, no, they, they, that's what they seem to. Yeah, on young. Yeah, they, they'll give uh, young players a a chance. And yeah, definitely. Yeah, what can, what can Scottish football learn from Italian football? Yeah, definitely. Just what we said. I think just from giving young players. I mean, I don't think you're ever too young to. I mean, I, yeah, like there's an example with Buffon, 17 year old. No, and just, and you see it in English football and other European football, 16, 17 year olds coming on for teams. No, and definitely to give yeah young players a chance. Anyway, Jim, yeah, totally. Just to, we need to, yeah, take a. Ch- and then I think there's a lot of pressure on on clubs and that. Not, no, they've got to experience and and no, just yeah, mm. taking a chance. They've got the no their job or whatever it is so it's I'm, a lot of pressure I'm quite interested in, uh, sort of going to your wider knowledge of Italian football <laughs> um, I mean the, the, it seems to me the one thing that British uh, and Scottish football in, in particular could learn is about stadium sharing um, which is uh, it seems to work very well in, in Italy mm. or maybe it doesn't I don't know you yeah. probably do rather more than I do. There's, well, there's not many stadium shares in Italy. There's only two or three that I, that I can think of. Well, there's of. the big, the, the Milan, San, Milan San one. Shiro. What about Genoa? A, there's the Genoa one, yeah. obviously Genoa and Sampdoria, uh-huh. and then there's um, the Rome one, yeah. uh, Lazio and, and, uh, and Roma. Roma, and Roma, and and the two uh, Milan's, two Milan's, San yeah. Siro, yeah. yeah. Um, now, I, I mean, it strikes me that those are, uh, I mean, okay, so there's, the, but they're three. And six really big teams with huge rivalries, yeah, oh, and in this yeah. country, of course, you know, with Rangers and Celtic, we've seen um, Graham Souness come out this week, I think, and say that uh, he thinks that hmm. Rangers and Celtic should share a ground. Did he? Did he um, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, I never heard that. And right. he said, yeah. um, you know, a hundred thousand 
capacity ground in the middle of Glasgow mm. sharing for the two of them mm. would be would be perfect mm. now I, you know it strikes me that that's what happens in Italy and it seems to work so yeah, I know. why couldn't it here yeah I know and then, and you just think of like Dundee and Edinburgh yeah Absolutely. Those two cities well, there alone. I, I mean, Dundee is a case, absolute case in point. You can punt a ball from one to the other. Um, it's it's crazy. Yeah. Um, so, it, could I think it ever happen? Yeah, no, because it's different no. different cultures. <laughs> Culture, yeah, different cultures. Yeah. So, is the is the rivalry between the fans then not as perverse as it is? No, here? It's, it's pretty. It's. Um, yeah, pretty extreme over in Italy as well. Is it? Is and, it? The, and the the Milan derby and the the Rome derby. Yeah, totally. It's just like it's like Celtic and Rangers. Mm. Yeah. But they don't have the the problem about you know the the territorial thing. Then presumably, if they are happy enough to kind of you know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, one week in, week out. The you know the share in the ground. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, but there is a fierce like, is rivalry. There? Yeah, mm. totally. Yeah, there's because I mean you think when. Uh, what's his name? Gascoigne played mm. in the role. No, he scored, and he's doing the sort of Mussolini. No, the, the Mussolini. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it's, okay. it's different. Yeah, it's um, yeah. Mm. They have their yeah. They've got the, this is fierce line of the, the 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 derbies in Italy. Definitely, it's quite a commitment for you supporting Parma because mm. when you go over there, you're spending serious money. So how does the wife react to all of this? Well, Jim, to to, to be honest with you. Uh, I always said it's not what you know it's who you know and um, one of these days I might actually pay for a ticket to go to Tardini (laughs) 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 because um, every time I'm going over people say it's okay we've even I've even had a a Parma legend uh, Melly that I met just in May Alessandro Melly played for Parma in the 90s and he actually had a ticket for me for the ground and I met him just before the game and got a photograph. I gave him a Scottish shirt and he got me a ticket for the game and usually in the, the Parma Ultras where I usually go into the, the goal behind the the one of the goals um, the Curver the, the Curver Nord is I just like with all the Parma boys um, they always get me tickets. I just never seem to to like but, the, but, the, but as I'm saying um, it was a few years ago and the price of the ticket and I worked it out. It was um, fifteen euros, which is twelve pound. Mm. And I was for the same game. I was, and then the next week I was going to St Johnson. It was twenty-four pound. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It's crazy. What sort of crowds do they get? So they get a, they get a good. They've always had a, like a good crowd, especially um, the big clubs that come down. I mean, they get a good crowd anyway. I mean, like I say, twelve to fifteen thousand, and mm. there's twenty. But when the big clubs come down, like row, like. Or come up, Rome come up, or mm. the Milans um, eh, come up. They get they get close to their full because they take a lot. Well, they take the whole thing behind mm. the other goal at the other end, uh, and partly the stand as well. So yeah, in the big clubs, the other ones it's just yeah a few hundred mm. supporters travel. But the like Rome and the two Milans and um, yeah the bigger clubs they t- they seem to carry a they they're good support. No, mm. you're talking there about. Uh, 
of being not not as much to get into the Parma games as a ga- as a games over here. Yeah. Um, is it about time maybe that Scottish football clubs cut their prices? Basically, we saw the situation at Hibs, and I didn't re- I knew there was over twenty thousand at the Hibs Saints game. I didn't realise that's Hibs' biggest attendance for a very very long about time, th- twenty years. Yeah. or something, Yeah, you know, and they said, Does that tell us yeah. something? You know, that cut the prices, and you maybe have more more chance to get in. Well, I've always, in. I've always said this, Jim, about but. The, they just, I don't know what it is, but they just don't, I say, obviously you cut the prices, more people get in, and then when they come in, they'll spend it, this and that, and that's the way I've always mm. thought, but the, but people tell me that it's just not pliable just to, to do that sort of thing for, like, maybe season ticket holders or whatever, feeling that other they could just reduce the season ticket holder price as well but yeah. yes you're right I mean there the, the would be complaints if they started doing that um, it, I mean it may be that uh, and uh, we've been told this in, in England with the TV money is so enormous that actually the clubs could allow uh, could let people in for nothing and they still wouldn't really lose any money mm-hmm. now I, I don't know what it's the situation is in Italy but I'm suspecting that most games are probably uh, televised they probably have a yeah. better deal than we do this they televise a lot of Italian games because I've got BT Sport and mm. there's a game on like Friday night there's a game on uh, tea time Friday night in the, later on the evening two games on Friday Saturday and Sunday Oh right. So okay. there's games on Monday night as well sometimes. So there's a lot of games televised. I mean, not just the big clubs, yeah, yeah. the smaller clubs. As I mean, well. I, I I know nothing, very little about Italian football. But what I do know about it came from. Uh, you'll remember um, when Channel Four used James to Richardson. do James, James Richardson. Richardson, yeah, and Lombardo seemed to appear in every single game. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and and some of the games and and the, the bits and pieces they did. Sadly, they've stopped doing it, but it was yeah. brilliant. Yeah, it was because because they because when they they they, they done the program, there were different cities, mm-hmm. and then you got an insight to the city that were they yeah. were um, they're going around. So you got to look around mm-hmm. the city with the, and mm. then they went to the stadium and then yeah. showed the whole game live and that. Yeah. Yeah. Can, can I ask a question here about cuisine? Because at uh, <laughs> the Dermot the Bar, we go for a half time pie and a cup of tea. So is it raviola and paella at Parma? Uh, I know, I'm just trying to think. Jim. It's just, um, they'll, well, they'll scrape the Parma ham. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to think. The, the, Bruschetta. The, um, they're not, uh, yeah. Um, to be honest with you, usually the, um, and this is going to sound bad, but the they do, they sell Heineken beer. Ah. Right, and it's in plastic bottles. Oh, I would have been looking for Peroni at the very. Well, that's what I thought. I know, be the telling, but for some reason they've they've got and they they do. I mean, people even buy it. They do coffees, obviously, and mm. different types of rolls and ciabattas and stuff and sandwiches and that different way, like no ham, cheese, and obviously. But yeah, um, it's yeah. I was quite surprised <laughs> when I went, and they were actually handing me bottles, and then I realised it was plastic. Obviously, plastic because. Glass. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, it was Heine- it was Heineken for some. Yeah, it wasn't Ooh, Peroni. It wasn't Moretti or anything. It was the, the occasional like a bottle of Mar- Moretti beer. But yeah, uh-huh. it was. Um, but yeah, um, <laughs> that was that. So yeah. Oh well. Oh well. But such um, is life. Uh, d- um, just another point which just came into my head. There was a young lad called Spigaroli. Yeah. Wasn't there from Parma? Came over here and ended up playing for Genefield Swifts. That's right. Yeah, and his. F- claim to fame when he was younger he actually trained beside Buffon and because and, his family is from Parma mm-hmm. oh, right. 
So it, it's quite funny because he he was one of my friends that I've stayed friends with. So he's from Parma. Now this work this one out. He's, he lives in families from Parma, and he's moved to Milan for his job. He's got a young uh, Ricardo who's just coming up for two a family. He stays in Milan, works in Milan. He's got his own business, and he sports Fiorentina. Right. So that is about as clear as you. As he's clear a mixed as the, up kid. Yeah. Yes. Sir. So he's quite. A, a, I quite respect to be a Fiorentina supporter because it's a smaller club Aye. like Parma, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah. Um, so I've kept in touch with him. He's the man that, that has been the link between me and Italy. So when I go to Milan, I fly Edinburgh to Milan. I usually stay with him or stay with him before or when I come back, and then I'm and then it's an hour and a half by train down to Parma, mm-hmm. uh, and then I just meet all my Parma friends and get booked in the hotel and everything. So, and, yeah. and you're one of the Parma ultras. One how's, of the Parma. Yeah. How's your Italian? Uh, it should be a lot better. It's just not very good. It, <laughs> it's just basic. Hello, how are you? Thank you. And how much is this? And, and yeah. Come on, you and Parma. Then, and then it's Forza Giallo Blu. That's what it is. <laughs> And that's what usually Fox the Saints say. Well, this is what Fraser says about Falkirk half the time. <laughs> or or perhaps it wasn't that exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so but no, it's just it's just a total different when you go to the games, you know you're like behind the goal and they get and the flags are out and you're and the guy with the micro the, the megaphone and just like and you're singing the songs, even though I know it's in Italian but you, the, the the tunes are still the same but you just get involved with the game and the singing and the flags and the and the, then the flares go up and you're watching the game. It's just mm. and then here's me sitting in McDermott Park watching a game of football, and like not doing and, much. And hearing know. hearing your neighbours rustling their sweetie papers. Yeah, I mean it's it, it, that atmosphere. I mean we've had it at McDermott Park. Oh, the you know, European nights. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, Eight, I mean, 9, but in particular, uh, Lucerne. Mm-hmm. Was just astonishing yeah. the the support they brought. And Rosenberg game as well. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. But yeah, it just shows you the difference between mm. having two and a half and eight to nine thousand mm. st- mm. for an atmosphere. Because yeah, I, I was at the Europe. I was at the all the home European games, and they're just like. Yeah. Whoa, fabulous! Yeah. Absolutely fabulous. I, I think we should think of Fraser here because supporting Falkirk, we have not been in Europe. Well. For a wee while, ever <laughs> once, um, once, no, once, once, no, okay, maybe, once. I think did they not go on holiday to to uh, Calais once? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we'll hand back. To, we'll hand back to Fraser, and um, who's who's now salivating at the prospect of Falkirk come charging through the leagues and playing Parma in Europe. That's it. Yeah, bring them on. Yeah. We talk about no atmosphere on McDermott. You'll get plenty of it on su- on Sunday, Peter, when Rangers come to town. Yes, I suspect you will. Um, I'm I'm not convinced by a twelve o'clock kick off. I have to say it's a bit early for me. Um, but uh, yes, um, I wonder actually how many Rangers fans will actually be there. We have said on this program several times that we prefer having Dundee United and Dundee. Uh, coming to Perth because they bring a crowd. Yeah. I'm not sure the old firm do now. I, I, I tend to disagree with that actually because Celtic brought up a, a big support, filled the back mm. of both goals. Yeah, I'm, that, I missed that one yeah, actually. Yeah. To be honest, I was yeah, away, I but. think I think they will bring a crowd. Um, not as many as they've brought before. Mm. Um, I mean, it, it won't be a sellout. No, I wouldn't have thought so. But I mean, it's uh, there'll still be a big support from Rangers. Mm. A thousand St Johnson fans as well be. Big barn, Fraser. A thousand St Johnson fans will it be? Oh, I think there'll be more than that. I think you'll, you'll find. <laughs> I it. hope so. Yeah, I think yeah, there'll yeah. be more than that. Yeah. Uh, I think there'll be a bit now, Fraser. Please, uh, <laughs> we just won our last game. Come on. Uh, yeah, <laughs> okay, I'll take it up to one thousand two hundred and fifty. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, I, I think hope Falkirk, for your sake, I hope Falkirk <laughs> win on Saturday. Tell you what. Yeah, because there'll be some slagging if they don't. Um, I, I'm actually quite looking forward to this one. Uh, it will depend what they do tonight. Um, because they're playing in Europe Ajax. tonight. Uh, Ajax tonight. They will have they'll kicked off ki- by now, yeah. Uh, uh, it's, I think it's an eight, eight o'clock. o'clock. Is it? Yeah. Is it home um, or away? At home. home. It's home. at home. Um, if they get thrashed again, um, they may be on a, a downer when they come to to come visiting. Yeah, if um, they win, the tails will be up, and and I think we could be. I mean, it depends what. I, I think they've got a lot of injuries, but I'm yeah, I'm I've, very wary of this laddie Chomak. Uh, yeah, yeah, up front, and then some, yeah. it's funny how he doesn't get a game for Europe sometimes, eh? No, they that's prefer Morales. Yes, and I, I've never quite understood why because he's a kind of balloon. Yeah, hmm. that shot is just amazing every time yeah. he plays. It's, eh? it's, yeah, it's, incredible. It's, I, I don't know how many goals he's scored this season, but I mean, yeah. every into, time he plays, he scores. I think eh? he's I into think, double figures, yeah. isn't he? It seems to be. It's one of these ones. Um, you know, we've got Sunderland away after that, and then Motherwell at home, and these are. The games where are we're most likely to take points. So, you know, mm. you could you could have a scenario where you got by uh, a point against Rangers, point against Merton, and a point against Motherwell. Whereas you'd be better off getting nothing mm. against Rangers, a point against Motherwell, and beating Merton. You know that type yeah, yeah, of yeah, scenario. Yeah. You know, I would hope I would hope to be looking at four points over the next six, three games. Yeah, I would take that, and I would take a point on Sunday. Um, I would take a point on Sunday now. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I would. I mean, I'd love to see them win, and I think our defence is is pretty robust mm-hmm. now. But and and I don't think we'll be beaten heavily if we do lose. No. I think it'll only be by the odd goal, maybe yeah. one, perhaps two at the very outside, yeah. um, because that defence is pretty solid. I think it's important the wing back stop Rangers from getting balls into the box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, I, I mean it will be interesting. I hope we'll see. Um, Montgomery back uh, mm. rather than, than uh, Brown. Brown because yeah. I think he's more effective. I think Brown's done well for them though, but I agree yes. Montgomery. But um, he's but Montgomery's a, a, a more attacking, attacking player. Fullback, I think yeah. Yeah. he's got a toe injury. I think that's been his problem. So he was on the bench. I think he could well have been. I, I didn't Saturday. look much at the bench no, on, on, no, on Saturday. Not sure. Honest. Not sure. Mm-hmm. So it's a very staggered weekend card, isn't it? You've got the two games on Friday, Aberdeen, Hibs, Kilmarnock, Wavingston, and Saturday you've got Celtic, Dun United and Ross County and St Mirren. And then another two games on Sunday with, as we say, Saints and Rangers. And then the weekend concludes with Hearts against Motherwell. So it's yeah, as, as Donald Finlay once said to me at dinner, football should I be three o'clock on a Saturday? And I tend to agree with him, to be quite honest, because um, yeah. you're all over the shop with the pictures like that. You know, I'm, um, I'm a traditionalist in that. Yeah, way. I, I, know, I, I feel yeah, sorry. I mean, yeah, yeah. season ticket holders, a lot of them get messed about. You know, they, they, mm. they can't make a, fri- a, a Sunday kickoff because mm. they're working or a Friday a Friday kickoff because you know they're, they're working away from home. You know, it's and it does impact on clubs season tickets particularly the old firm because they don't get so much of a sport coming over from Ireland now because folk just kind of get the boat in time you know <laughs> are you suggesting Brexit is to blame Jim well no no it's, it's <laughs> not I think it's just it's it would be good to know when you bought your season ticket when the games yeah. are starting no I, I, I agree met. entirely um, but um, that's I mean a lot of that's to do with TV oh sure um, yeah absolutely and, and, yeah. And, you know the 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 fact that there is no regard really for the fans 
No. Um, it, it's all to do with money yep. and, TV and, and what have you. Did you find it irritating? In Italy, Brian, our, our kickoffs changed around and days changed around because yeah, this of TV. is it. The TV as well, it's exactly mm. the same in Italy because that's why they're playing Friday nights and Monday nights mm-hmm. as well. A Serie A starts on a Friday night and goes just what's in, just this, the same as uh, Scottish football. Fr- well, I don't know about Monday, but Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. That's the four mm. days that they've got different no different games on for the, so it's not just a one they, I mean they do that in England as well it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, yeah. Monday um, Can I throw in a trivia qu- question here please? Mm-hmm. Make it quick. We, we spoke about Lombardo earlier on Atilio Lombardo which English team did he play for? Crystal Palace Crystal Well Palace. done yeah. Well done <laughs> You beat me to it Fraser I knew that one Crystal Palace He was some yeah. player as yeah. well Atilio Lombardo There we go So unfortunately time has just about got the better of us this evening but thank you very much to everyone for your company tonight. It's been a good show. Hopefully everyone's learned something new about Italian football, certainly. <laughs> I've learned plenty more. Let's, let's round off with the Italian national anthem. Brian, you start off. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a quick thing. Just remember that uh, who was voted the, the best ever Chelsea player? Uh, yeah. Zola. Yes, Mr. <laughs> Gianfranco. I don't, I think he's only here seven years, but yeah, he made some mm-hmm. impact. On Where English is he? Football. Is he... Managing somewhere now, or is he? No, is he out of the game? He's out at the moment. He's out of the game. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. He finished playing at Calgary. Um, That's it. Time is up on us oh. for this week. Thank you very much, everyone. Arrivederci. Join, <laughs> join us next week at the same time. Until then, good night. Arrivederci, everybody. Hospital Radio Perth's sports programs are sponsored by A and B Taxis, keeping Perth moving. Taxis to meet your every need. A and B Taxis. Getting Perth from A to B. You can't forget the number. Perth 634567. The Tuesday Team Talk podcast is brought to you in association with Andy's Man Club and the Chris Mitchell Foundation. Hospital Radio Perth supports the aims of both organisations in helping address issues of mental health and well-being among young men.